May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be wholly pleasing and acceptable to you, O Lord, my rock and redeemer. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. Well, in our readings this morning, fire, wind, and languages. Oh my, Pentecost has come, which means the birth of the church. A day that truly did change things forever has arrived. We've been celebrating Easter now for 50 days. And today, we step into a church by way of our red front doors, to be greeted with a sea of red seated amongst us, red hangings, red vestments, red carpet. Yes, we are here this morning on a day of red. And this is where it might be helpful just to review a little about where we have been in the story of Jesus. So remember, the crucifixion of Jesus has left the followers of Jesus absolutely terrified. His resurrection has left them bewildered. But today, on the day of Pentecost, the believers are empowered. When the 120 believers gathered on the day of Pentecost, they were confused, yet they were filled with faith. And by the time that day was over, they were convinced, they were filled with power, and instead of 10 dozen, guess what? They numbered in the thousands. That's why it is the church's birthday today. Many were added today. Life would never be the same, but then again, neither would the world. This is the day that the church was birthed. We are here because of that day. So I think it's helpful, in honor of our celebrating, is to remember and to retell the story of how she was born. And one possible pathway into this rich text is to focus on the way Pentecost Holy Spirit transforms Jesus' own disciples. One of my favorite preachers, she's also an Episcopal priest, her name is Barbara Brown Taylor. She does it so beautifully, and she describes it this way. Before Before Pentecost, the disciples didn't fully recognize who Jesus was. Even though he ministered and lived with them for years, they they didn't really understand who he was. They didn't stick with him when he got into deep trouble with the authorities. Instead, they abandoned him as quickly as they could. Then when he, just as he had promised, rose from the dead, they struggled to fully believe that he was alive. However, on Pentecost, those very same slow, timid, bumbling disciples become utterly fearless leaders. They become examples for us. Jesus' disciples proclaim the gospel in front of large crowds, 
And after Pentecost, they are now healing people, exercising demons. They go to jail gladly, where they sing hymns and shake their prison's foundations. One of the last things Jesus told his disciples before he ascended to the heavenly realm was to go to Jerusalem and wait because God would keep his promise to baptize them with the Holy Spirit. So they listened and they returned to Jerusalem. And when they did, there was a sound like the blowing of a violent wind. Then there was what looked like tongues of fire coming down from heaven. And finally, it is God who has filled the disciples with the Holy Spirit. So they begin to talk in all of these strange languages. But would you know, before the day was over, the church had grown from 120 to more than 3,000. Shy people became bold, scared people became gutsy, and lost people had found a sure sense of direction. Disciples who had not believed themselves capable of tying their own sandals without Jesus discovered abilities within themselves that they never knew they had. When they opened their mouths to speak, they sounded like Jesus. When they laid their hands on the sick, it was, as, it was as if Jesus himself had touched them. In short order, they were doing things they had never seen anyone but him do. There was no explanation for it, except that they had dared to inhale on the day of Pentecost. They had sucked in God's own breath and they had been transformed by it. The Holy Spirit had entered into them the same way it had entered into Mary, the mother of Jesus, and for the exact same reason. It was time for God to be born again. Not in a body this time, but in a body of believers, us, you, and me who would receive the breath of life from their Lord and pass it on, using our own bodies to distribute that gift. In essence, as Christ followers, we are now his hands and feet in the world, and with God's spirit, as we breathe it in, we are empowered to be the gentle hands and the strong feet, which allow us to do the privileged work we are called to do. Some of it is noticeable, so much of it isn't. But that we are propelled forth by inhaling the Spirit of God to carry us into the world, to be different, to notice, to help, to love, to serve, to show up, to be faithful. It is this spirit that empowers us for the ministries God has us to do. 
It is also this spirit that calls us to the people and places that need us most, as we also need them. Just this week, a neighboring business right down the road, many of you all may be aware of it, the chameleon, the barn in the food truck area by Stanton's, it caught fire. It caught fire and it was destroyed from the inside out. The chameleon was to host a graduation party for underprivileged graduates last night. And they were suddenly left without a place to do so. It had burned down. But in a spirit-filled turn of events, grace was offered as the venue. We have this beautiful parish hall with newly redone floors. And last night, by a combined effort of many churches in the city, as well as community businesses, made it possible for these graduates to have their party. I stopped by last night, and it was a beautiful showing of what it means to listen to the spirit, that nudging or that feeling of, oh my gosh, this is the right thing to do. It was a blessing to see graduates having fun, food overflowing, a DJ playing music, decorations galore, and another connection of goodness as grace has entered into this story of healing and goodness. I like to use the word redemption all because we said yes, all because we were ready for the opportunity to bless the heck out of others by giving a building to some graduates on a Saturday evening in Alvin, Texas. We set aside our own agendas and were there when our neighbors needed us. That is ministry. And it is one of those liminal moments. Those who were blessed will never forget how a little church on Lang Street, aptly named Grace, offered grace and relief when no one else would or could. For a graduation party hosted by a bald realtor named Vicki, who is going through cancer treatments whose business right down the street burned to the ground the week before. That is what it means to be church. That is what it means to be filled with the Spirit. Beautiful things happen. Well, in just a moment, I will invite those who have felt led here by the Spirit of God over the last year or so to come forward and sign a book, the Book of Belonging. We do this every Pentecost, 
In essence, by signing your name, it is a way to claim that grace is the place that you want to call your spiritual home. Now, if that makes you a little nervous, if it feels too much like commitment, I get it. I will also say this to you. By signing your name, it's not a membership. It's not official. In any other way than in your heart. With God. Because as your priest, I think it's important to set down roots. I think it's important for you to have a place where you can come week in and week out and meet your creator through worship, through the body of Christ, through scripture, however it is, this is your place. And if you want to do this, you know you do because you can feel it stirring inside right now. That means you've been moved by the same spirit that we read about in Acts and in John, the same spirit that was there is also here, moving amongst us now. And so it has worked and it has moved in hearts to bring us to this moment when I hope you feel an over-sense, overwhelming sense of rightness. Signing your name is right. Because I'll just say this, when you know, you know. And when you know you are home, you don't want to be anywhere else. So this is what Pentecost means to me and for so many. Being filled with the Spirit and desiring to do what God has called you to do and wants you to do. It is God's spirit that has brought you here. You could be anywhere on a Sunday morning, in bed, I don't know, hanging out in your backyard, on the golf course, but no, you are here. God's spirit has brought you here and that is a big deal. And so since you're here, I want you to know that Grace Church is saying, we are so glad you are here. We want you here. Knowing that there's so much work to do and we can't do it alone, but work that God wants you to enter into as well. And guess what? He's going to give you the ability to do it because your spirit is filled with his spirit. Let us not forget these words. Come, Holy Spirit, come. And more than that, know that when you pray, come, Holy Spirit, come, you are taking God into you and giving back God to the world as you breathe out. You are taking him in and you are giving him back to a world that needs God. So let us all pray, come, Holy Spirit, come. Say it together, come, Holy Spirit, come.
In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.